This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. Going at things alone, it's not impossible. But when difficulty strikes, flying solo is one of the more challenging situations to be in. There is nobody to pick up the slack, and the weight of the world is solely on your shoulders. All great structures are built with more than one block. As time moves on and more blocks are added to the structure, the weight of the entire house rests upon the first two blocks set in place. Knock those two blocks out and the structure will crumble. There are several times throughout history where having a partner makes you stronger. You need the ability to have your decisions checked and your instincts verified, driving home the mantra that none of us are as strong as both of us. I'm Kevin Donaldson, here with Mike Felace, and on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we go back to episode nine. This is episode 99. 9D9. 9D9. So episode 99, the suffering of 9D9. And as you can see, we're in a little different location today because we wanted to shake it up. This is a big event for us. We're on the road. Yeah. You know, we, we, we talk about episode nine so frequently, I thought it was appropriate to do something a little different today uh, well, you know, i mean because that was the beginning that was, you know, it. was the beginning for us i mean you know you you did have eight eight episodes before they were like they were like uh scrimmages yeah it was preseason it was it was preseason it was getting my bearings going because you, you know we're going to get into all the little different things that uh, that new podcasters go through uh before we do i want to give a big shout out to toyota of hackensack we buy our cars from Toyota because we don't trust anybody. And uh, go to toyotahackensack.com and let them find you a car. As usual, Mike, we have to do a social media question. Let's go. I'm all and this it. one comes from Philip. Real simple. What was your favorite episode? Ah, that's not simple. Yeah, there's that's a lot of them. There's a I, lot. I, I could pick out. I could pick out ninety different good episodes. Um, I, I'm gonna have to go. Gene Halberger. Gene. Gene's always a very popular one. That's always, you know, he's pulling the heartstrings so hard. De Palma. What about Clark? Clark, yeah. Clark, I mean, Clark's was one of the most gut wrenching. Clark's was you know, hard to listen it, to. It was. It was. It was tough to. It was tough to do, and it was tough to go home and watch it. You know, Amanda Coleman blew uh, for the Irish Angel because the problem I had with Amanda Coleman's episode was. We just kept walking down and walking <laughs> and we down. we kept waiting for it to come back up. Right. You know, because we never leave an episode on a low note. Yeah. That one we sort of had to and break it up into two pieces. I was just waiting for that climb. Well, I mean, we did the two-parter with her. So next week, it's hopefully it's going to be the, the right. whole uphill after that. Because her whole, every time Amanda brought something up, it just dug a hole deeper you know it's and then it dug it deeper it's hard to pick out one episode because each episode has its merits like throw out uh pastor ron lewis that was like sitting down with jordan peterson just listening to those pearls of wisdom coming out of his mouth and the positivity and i i just spoke to him on sunday and um you know he gave us some real good props on that He, he had he gave it to a friend who apparently is very very critical and he says i can't stop listening to that episode he said i listened to it about 10 times already you know i i like the remotes we did too when we went to Live Free Farm. The Live Free Farm was better than Hackensack Brewery. Not well because we were rookies. <laughs> we had no idea what was going on. Not to mention a hurricane happened at the end of it. You know, we we it got so bad we had to shut down. We had to hold the yeah. tent with our hands 
to keep it from flying away. That's how bad it got in there. The the blue suicide when we're sit when we're on a, the trailer bed <laughs> with uh, David uh, Sheriff David Clark. Sheriff David Clark. We did Doctor Steph there. Dr. We did yeah. uh, Anna Peish, and we did Sheriff David Clark, and that's where we met the Mike Dowd. Yeah, and Charlie Cifarelli from yeah. uh, for, the Fourteenth and Second. You know, I mean, just something small like that. You know, how many connections did we get out of that? Like I said, we got Sheriff Clark, Charlie, we got Charlie. We got Mike, Mike Dowd. And Blue Magazine, their whole Blue crew. Magazine. They've been, they actually just went down to Florida and I wanted to go, but you know, I, just, I, I can't leave my kids during football. <laughs> I can't do it. I leave them already one night a week to, to come record and I, it, it's hard for me to do it. So picking out, Philip, to answer your question, to pick out one episode that was good for us, they all have their merits. I, I hate to give you that politician type answer. But they all have their merits. Yeah, every I, wish, single one I of them. wish we had a call in line where we call Philip and say, what was your favorite episode? <clears throat> you know, yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk to the audience and say, what was your favorite episode? <clears throat> to think about it. And this is going to be a nice segue into into this episode. 9D9. 9D9. One of my favorite episodes was episode nine. Yeah. You know, we were eight episodes prior to that. It was figuring stuff out. Well, I mean, you, you did have a partner at the beginning, correct? I did. I did. Oh, so, you know, that's that's something important to talk about. So when you get a podcast partner, sometimes you just don't gel. Yeah. You just, it's, you're trying to fit a round peg in a, in a square hole. Um, and Without a hammer. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, I had an inkling that he was going to drop. Like, I had an inkling. And, and listen, I still talk to him. I, I coach his kid, for God's sakes. Um, there's no hard feelings. But I had a feeling he was going to drop. I could just see his interest waning. Yeah. In it, and he wasn't giving, and um, so after three ep, no, after two episodes, yeah, it was after two episodes. Here's exactly how it went down. It was right after the election. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he he was he was one for one side that didn't win, and and sort of kind of throw him into a little bit of a tailspin. But I had I had a, a whole episode planned where we were going to bring the wives in. It was going to be the suffering of marriage. Um, and it was, I thought it was a great episode and, and I prepped everybody. His wife was coming in. My wife was coming in and I get, we, we always recorded on a Sunday. Then I get a call sa- Saturday morning. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the spin bike and I get a call and says, uh, yeah, I'm not doing a podcast anymore. I'm like, no, it was episode. I'm sorry. That was supposed to be episode four. I go, what the fuck? <laughs> like I got so mad because what got me mad was not that he was going to do it because, like I said, I had inklings that he was going to do it. It was it was doing it one day before, yeah. and at that time we had no leeway. Like we're a month ahead of time now. We had no leeway back then. Well, we we've had a lot of people bail out on us a day before. Yeah, a couple yeah. hours before. We had a reality star yeah. who forgot that he went down the shore. Yeah, as we're sitting in studio, and we were doing a double that day. Yep. We were doing uh, Kevin Dombrowski. Yeah. The suffering of a comedian, and which was another good episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, it was a lot of fun. And I get it. I had I always kept my phone on the desk because we were only doing audio, so we didn't have cameras in front of us. And I see a text from our go between. Like he didn't. He yeah, didn't he even didn't have, have enough respect yeah. to 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 text me. And I was like, you son of a bitch, man. I, I got so that one. I got so mad. And I actually, I think we stopped recording. I go, yeah, he just yeah. canceled. You know, it's funny, too, because I told you I ran into him one day at a, at a high school football game. Yeah. And introduced myself. And the first thing he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I really want to come in and see the show or, or do the show. 
<laughs> do the suffrage. Yeah, yeah dude, let's do the suffrage. Let's do the suffrage. Um, but you know we, what? We had a, a police officer that bailed out because it was snowing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. A police officer. And that was insane. Yeah. Like, you're a police officer. You work in bad weather. Come on. Hey, but, I don't, don't want to come up because it's snowing out. But that, that you know, we, we get those guests in there, and it seems like a good idea when you schedule them, when they schedule with you. And I know they're, they're, they want to do it, but then they get they think about it and they get cold feet. You know, we're we're to the point now where we're scheduling two months ahead of oh, a, yeah, in yeah. advance. We're, we're set for a while. So, you know, if you schedule somebody two months in advance and they have two months to think to about think it, about it. Yeah. it's like selling a car with like Toyota of Hackensack. The, the, the salesmen will all say this stuff. You, you want to get them before they wake up. That's the terminology that they will use. So it's not take advantage of them, but they have what's called buyer's remorse. And it happens with podcast guest remorse. Oh, where yeah. they start thinking about it, like, fuck, I got to bare my soul. I'm not going to do this shit. Have there been times, and and I don't want to pick out a specific episode where you will, like we used to do it on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. If I ever wake up Sunday morning and say like, I really don't feel like doing this today. Never. I don't feel like talking to this guy. But there, there are some G- guests, subjects. Guests? Yeah. Yes. Guests? Yes. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Um, yes. Where I'd say this is good. Like, this is going to be like polishing a turd. <laughs> You know, and, well, in the beginning, we were we were we were stretching to get some people in there. Yeah, well, we, we were know, nobody. We, yeah, we we had, we we had, had nothing. No, we had no presence. Hey, you want to come on a new podcast? <laughs> I didn't even tell anybody I was doing it for the longest time. Guy at work, guy at work. I'm sitting down with him. He's a good friend of mine. He, we're sitting talking, and he says, "You know, you sh- you should do a podcast." And I said, "Well, actually, I do. I'm about 15 episodes in." <laughs> you know, I didn't tell anybody because yeah. it's. You know, now I'm I'm much more proud of the of the work we produce out of here. But back then, I I don't think I was, I think I was very shy when it came to that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I tell people just to get listeners, and you know, yeah, of course, you got to get the word out. I mean, I, well, there's not, all sorts of different methodologies to get the word out. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not proud that I do this, but it's not like, uh, oh yeah, I do a podcast. You know, it's hey, hey, you want to listen to my podcast? It's helping out a lot of people, right? You know, if you hear someone, for some reason, they, people just wind up knowing you're an ex cop and they want to tell you their stories. You know, it <laughs> well, happens for, all the time. For you, getting back to that podcast remorse, guest remorse. When I called you, and you know, I was going through, I was going through my my phone, and I'm like, I I, I needed guests, and then I came across your number, and at that time, I had left group. Because I just, I had to get, that was, that was my own little personal struggle. There was some shit going on and I just had to separate from group. I called you and I said, Hey, you listen, Mike, I do this podcast. You, and you had told me you'd done a podcast, Zoom, a, a telephone yeah, or telephone, Zoom, telephone, telephone with uh, Jose Medina. Right. So what did you think? What were your thoughts? I don't think we ever talked about this. Well, you know, I mean, my my first foray into it, like I said, was with Jose, and he does a great podcast. Don't get me wrong, but it was over the phone. Yeah, you know, it's tough. it was just I had to I had to get in my car, go somewhere where I had good reception on my phone, so it wouldn't cut in, and you know, because I was living in my basement at that point, pretty much, you know, and I didn't get great reception, so I had to go sit in my car. First time I did it, I had it on speaker because I just didn't feel like having a phone up to my ear the whole time. Mm-hmm. We did the whole interview on on speakerphone. He called me up right after and said, yeah, it didn't really come out. He said, we're going to have to do it again tomorrow. DOC TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was one of the episodes we did down in Florida where uh, I recorded a half, half an hour, hour yeah. 
And he's like, oh, we got to do it again. I'm like, come on, man. I got to tell this twice. That put us back. We, now we, we were leaving to go to the West Coast at like midnight. Yeah, no, we get, we get, <laughs> no, actually we, we got done. We were supposed to be there at three. Then he pushed it back to seven. And oh, by yeah. the time we were done, it was 10 o'clock. We hit the road and don't get into our location till one o'clock in the morning. Um, but your specific thoughts, they're like, who's this jerk off? You know, I know you did it. I know why. I know you did it because I'm a friend. Oh yeah, first and foremost. Right. First and foremost. I mean, I had no idea what the podcast was all about. Did you did you want to do it? Did you just do it because of friendship? Uh, you know, mainly because of friendship. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just thought it would be a cool idea, you know. You know, get in front of a couple mics and talk about my story and you know, if my story helped people out, then it helped people out. You know, I didn't it's not like, you know And you had Mackie with you that day. It's the first day I met Mackie. Yeah. Yeah, she sat in the corner, like quiet as a church mouse. <laughs> I tried to involve her. I'm like, hey, I'll set up a mic. I have plenty of microphones. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'll set up a microphone for you. And so he's still busting my balls about the pe- the clothespins. <laughs> clothespins. I would take pictures during the podcast to put on social media. And I made these lecterns so y- your head would stay up and you wouldn't you wouldn't dip your chin because it changes your voice. I still got the pictures of that on my phone. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Mike's sitting there reading and there's the paper clip. Cause that was how we, you held the outline up. I always gave the guests the outline just so they could follow along. And, um, but as the episode moved on, what, like what was going on? What did you feel? It was just like a, it was almost a sense of relief, mm. you know, cause aside from attorneys and, and, you know, giving your statement to the police, I never really went in depth about my story. Mm. You know, you tell people, you probably know, that, wrote that it down right. a couple of oh, times. Yeah. yeah. I have, I have books and notes at home somewhere, you know, or I just sit down and I'd start writing things down, but I never openly talked about it, you know? And, and as we were going, it just, I mean, I was a little hesitant at first, Yeah, you know, because you don't, you, it's tough to bear your soul yeah. with knowing. And at that time, listen, maybe, maybe we got 75 downloads. Yeah. Um, so you're, but you're still telling it to 75, 75 people. people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, you know, and it's really, it's not showing weakness, mm-hmm. you know, but you almost don't want to show weakness. I mean, cause in the beginning, I mean, when I, when I talked about it, I still go up to the, the Bergen County police academy and, and talk to recruit cl- classes about it. Mm-hmm. I still tear up in front of the recruit class. You teared up a couple times in that episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. You teared up, but you it know, was. You don't want to put yourself out there like, you know, you don't want to look like a pussy, you know, but it's an emotional thing. So I encouraged when Charlie Cifarelli, we, our podcast was the first show that he had went on and I think his episode did fairly well. I think he got, I don't know, I want to say 300 views or something like that. And it was good. It was real good. And he's, and he was a little downtrodden because 300 doesn't sound like a lot. But with audio, it's different. People usually listen to the listen times much longer. People were listening to the whole episode. I said, Charlie, and it was an hour episode. And yeah. I said, Charlie, do you understand that you had 3,000 hours or 300 hours? Yeah, 300 hours of listen. Of people investing their time in your story. It's a humbling experience. Now, Charlie's, he's got a reel up there that's got 5 million views. But, you know, it's funny. We talked about it when we had Charlie in here. We took the picture of Charlie the day in your studio in the basement yeah. where he was all slumped over and right. he just, he's, just he's, he's just such a vibrant person now and he, he accepted it and he's become like a, oh, he's like a, a podcast megastar now. So it was nice because his, his release and your release on episode nine, the release of all that pent up just darkness 
And that's what that's so in your episode, you know, specifically that release of the darkness, getting all that stuff out and you leave there and you feel like shit for a couple of days. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the ride home wasn't, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was very relaxing to get it off you, mm. but now you had spin it. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now you're reliving the whole situation again. Right. You know, and, and that's, I know well, that's rug. part of the suffering. Yeah. That's the suffering. And you held that, that what you felt was held inside for at that time. So that was, it was February 13th, 2021. Your shooting was September 16th, 2014. 14. All right. So you held that in for seven years yeah. almost. And then, so I don't know about you, but taking a couple hours or even a couple days where you're feeling like shit is better than holding it in for seven years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without doubt. When I talk to people about this show, it's, it's all about letting that stuff out and yeah. letting that out. But we had this, uh, in our episode, because we knew each other, we had a prior relationship. We were in group together. I knew your brother for a very long time. We had, we had a camaraderie. We had an ebb and flow. Yeah. yeah we had an absolutely. ebb and flow. When, you know, the worst thing for any of these shows is dead air. <laughs> you know, it's death. <laughs> we recorded an episode last night and there was dead air and you're just like, oh, oh <laughs> shit. But there was no dead air. The conversation yeah, flowed. Kept, yeah, just kept moving. Because it was, it was two friends getting together talking. Right. Two friends that have been through similar situations. You know, so I knew that you knew how I felt. Mm-hmm. And because you know, I felt the I same thing yeah, when exactly. I recorded, I, when you did your shooting episode. So my, the, the only by re- yourself, the only reason I did that by myself is because I had no episode that week because my, <laughs> my, my, my partner bailed on me. That was supposed to be the, 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 the marriage episode. <laughs> that was supposed to be the marriage episode. Right. And which I've never done the marriage episode. I'd love to do it in the future. I have it all written out and everything. Count me out of that you, one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Mackie a ring and we'll get, we'll get that. We'll get no, that. that can't happen. <laughs> Let's get better health benefits. Come on. No. <laughs> la, 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 la. If you ever did that, bro, I'd kick you right in the nuts. I, I would. I'd just like, I'd just like field goal kick you right in the nuts. Not happen. Um, but that's what it was like for me. So I recorded that. That Saturday that he bailed on me. So I was just like, let me get it out there. Let me, let me do it. And uh, I think I went into my office at work and just so I could have a quiet place, I wrote some notes, went back, recorded it, edited it. And I get like bosses don't listen to the show, do they? No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> but that, I I felt like shit. I had it all written down like you did. And, and I felt like shit the next couple days. And um, But then I just felt this, <sighs> yeah, this nice relief. Listen, like you said, the armor. Mm, you, yeah. <laughs> hashtag episode nine hashtag armor hashtag prairie suffering, fire prairie fire um we could do a show just on hashtags <laughs> yeah, hash, the hashtags the suffering of hashtags that's a good one but i went so here's and you've heard this before but let me tell our audience so the way i used to do it is i used to go sit in my garage because it's a quiet spot and i'd have my computer there i put headphones on and i'd go through the episodes i take out all the ums and the ahs it was it's much better than being on video because you have a lot much more control over the <laughs> editing process i actually sounded good back then it was nice because <laughs> hey you know it, people were like i sounded really good i'm like no you didn't no you didn't <laughs> that's the magic of editing and i sat down and i'm going through it i'm going through it and how i did it back then was i took out the ums and ahs and then i went back and listened to the whole episode for continuity and by the second time I went through it, I remember calling you and I said, Hey Mike, you know, we got something. Yeah. This that, is that something. was like your exact words. I think it was, we really got something here. We really got something here. It was like a really, 
riveting episode where even though I was in the studio recording it, I couldn't stop listening yeah. to it. And I think there there was a long stretch of time. You had 333 downloads in the first week because that's how I judged everything. And that well, was that's what we used to base it off of, right? Yeah. The first your first seven days, your first seven days, and you had 333 downloads. And for us, for us, that was like it was like holy shit. We just quadrupled or tripled our <laughs> our hit our, the mother load. Yeah, I was like holy shit. This is this is something really good. And I and I sent it to you. I think I sent it to you. I said, you got to listen yeah. to this. you got to listen to this. And normally what I would do is I would air them on very early Monday mornings. That one, I said, I can't wait. I can't wait. This has got to go out Sunday. And that's why to this day, our audio comes airs, out, Sunday. Comes out yeah. Sunday at 4 a.m. And for everybody out there, the reason that it comes out 4 a.m. because sometimes it takes a couple hours to upload to certain platforms like Google takes a long time. So I figure if I, lay, if I do it Sunday morning by Monday morning drive time, it'll be up everywhere. And now it's just habit. That's, you know, that's how it's done. Yeah. It was, that was, it was really a life-changing day that day. What was, when you got that phone call, what, what did you, what was inside of you in that day, that time? When you said, when you said we really got something, mm -hmm. you know what? I, I hadn't even listened to the episode yet. Mm. You know, and when, when you're going through it, and we just talked about this before, when you're going through it, you really don't realize what's going on. No. You know, you don't, you don't really grasp the whole content of what we're saying until you listen to it on your own. How many, how many guests we get in here, we record an hour and they're like, wow, the hour's up. Yeah. Every single one of them. Happened last night. Every single one of them will say the same, wow, an hour's up. Yeah. I would say that was the same with you. I mean, sometimes we do a little bit more than an hour when we were on audio. It was a little different. I think mine was, mine was an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> Not that you listen to Not it. Not that, that, that I listened to it 300 times. Mike and I listened to it 333 times in the first week. <laughs> he could actually <laughs> recite every word verbatim. Let me read the intro, and I'm going to try to do this without my glasses. So the, the original, if you go back and listen to episode nine, it says, it's an odd person who's willing to put their life on the line for others that they do not know and may not even want, to, want them to do so. It's a life sacrifice. It's a life of self, selflessness. It's a life of suffering. You walk out the door one morning, one person, and an unusual or an extraordinary event happens. You come home. If you're lucky enough to come home, another entirely different person, a person whom your family and friends don't recognize anymore. You're injured, although no wound is visible. You're in pain, but you're not sure where. You've changed, but you're not sure how. You're left to deal with the overwhelming darkness all alone, or so you think. There are others out there. We can help. None of us are as strong as all of us. And in last night's episode, wait, one of the episodes we I, I recently did. I got chills when you just read that. Oh. One of the episodes that I just did, because <clears throat> none of us is, are as strong as all of us. You'll hear me use that a lot. Yeah. There's a reason for that. When I was in college and played college football, we had a coach. His name was Wade Watkins. In the off season, he gets, he catches spinal meningitis. The guy was like 23 yeah. years old. He was a young, I think maybe he was 29. He's a young guy. Get spinal meningitis. So we had to all go get tested, make sure we didn't have it. And he ends up di dying three days later. Wow. Next season, and I still have the shirt. It was, uh, it's Win Wade's War. And on the back, it says, none of us are as strong as all of us. And it always struck me. And it's something, I'm, I've been out of college now for, what, 20, 26 years, 27 years, something like that. You, and You old fuck. Yeah. And I will never forget that phrase. And you'll hear me use it frequently. Because there's certain things that stick but in your it's head. So, it's so true, though. Yeah. It really is. I mean, you know, 
you're not going to take down a whole army by yourself. Right. Which yeah. is the importance of having a partner in any walk of life. Somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. Somebody that you can have your opinions checked and verified or negated. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we put our heads together on for mm-hmm. this. You know, I mean, you, you listen, I take, I say it all the time. You, you run the whole thing. I'm just here. Because I'm good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Bad choice, people. Bad choice. But there are certain things. I mean, we throw ideas at each other all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think it is? And I'll tell you straight up if I don't think it's a good idea. What do you think the strangest idea we ever had was? Suffering of anal warts? (laughs) (laughs) No, we... A little person? I was going to say a little person, but that turned out fantastic. That was great. That was great. Scott Scott is one of the best people that... I mean, again, getting back to favorite episodes, that was could have been one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I mean, it was we're, so much we're fun. Talk, we were talking about getting a, a stripper. Actually, we got one. We got one coming in. Yeah, I know, but it's not the stripper yeah, you think. <laughs> we kept saying, and again, we were doing this in your basement back then. Oh God! We were like you know, how how could we get a stripper past your wife and past Mandy <laughs> down into the basement? Now with this guy coming in, we could have done it. Yeah, exactly. We could have done it because he's interested in nobody in that house. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has the right equipment for him, and he, he's a pretty interesting guy. We're still in the works on that one, so I'm not going to mention his name. But um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's just so many crazy ideas we came up with. Yeah. You know, and we get ideas from the audience all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they people say, oh, this person's got a story. This person's got a story. I just and, heard one today. And we get requests all the time. Right. You, know, you should talk to this one. You should talk to that. I mean, look, we, we had Mike DePalma in. How many people have Mike DePalma, has Mike DePalma given us? Oh, my god. We had Stewie. We got. We have one that's coming up that we're not going to mention. We have Butchie, Benny. Butchie. We have Butchie and Benny. Benny Love. Um, well, in an off way, you, get, you got Crudell in here. Which I'm still kind of mad at you. <laughs> I was listen. My life is no fuller for knowing him. <laughs> listen, one of my best friends from childhood. You leave Bob, you leave Bobby alone. You know, Bobby. You know I love you. And if it wasn't for Bobby, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. But we'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> what he introduce you? Yeah. Oh God, and you're still friends with him. Yeah, yeah. that's something to hold a grudge with him. Um, but there, there's some strange ideas that get thrown at us, but there's also some guests that say, Hey, listen, I stub my toe. I'm being facetious. Obviously I stub my toe. I think I'd be good for your podcast. Yeah. And you have to weigh some of them out. Yeah. I mean, we don't really heavily vet our guests, which have bit us before it's bit us before <laughs> at the same time. It's not our story to tell. And it's not our story to verify. We say it all the time. We're, we're getting their version of their suffering. Yeah. We, it's not our job to vet people and, and find out the history of the story and find out if it's true. This is your version of what happened to you. Right. Nobody else's version. Now, if, if someone goes against that version, why don't we, we can get that person in. There's you, no, you tell your side of it. There's nothing wrong with having opposing views. That's like what we, makes the world go round. We had, I'm not going to bring up names, but we had someone on the show and someone contacted you and said that person is an outright liar. Never happened like that. And, you know, they're, they're full of shit and all that. So why don't you come up and tell your side of the story? But here's the thing about that. So in your shooting in particular, the guy that was in the passenger seat who lived but eventually died, he has a different version of events than you. 
well, he's got, well, before he died, he had 16 different versions of the events. You, so he told the state police everything that happened that night. They carjacked a vehicle earlier that day. They were in North Arlington trying to break into cars. Lady comes out. They made a pact. Him and a driver made a pact to do whatever they had to do to get away. Once, and, and he outright said this. They made a pact they were going to do anything they had to do to get away. Carjacked a vehicle earlier in the day or breaking into cars. Lady came out and scared him away. Uh, led the police on a pursuit. Uh, I knew there was a stolen gun in the car. So as soon as we crashed, he said, I reclined the seat back. Mm-hmm. He said, and then the cops came up on our side. He said the driver was reaching for the gun and the cops shot him before he shot them. But if we had that guy sitting in your chair right now, he would have a different chain of events than you. Oh, he, he went to jail that night and had a whole different chain of events. Correct. In jail. So that's the point with this particular guest who, who somebody reached out to us and said they weren't genuine. Neither of them are wrong. It's perception. It's all perception. You know, I, I, I had a teacher in, when I was younger in grammar school. And he said, if I take this tennis ball and throw it right into that corner, right? I want everybody to... Write down what happened with that tennis ball. Mm-hmm. It hit this wall, hit that wall, bounced on the floor three times, bounced on the floor. Everybody had a different read. Everybody had something different to say about that. Yeah. Well, it hit the wall on the right first, then it hit the wall on the left, and then it came down. It hit the radiator, and then it hit the floor, bounced four times. You know, people were saying it hit the wall on the right, hit the wall on the left. You know, it hit this, hit that. Everybody has different. You could watch this same exact event. And you'll have a different perspective on it than I do. Have you ever gotten uh, guff for having a certain, for us having a certain guest in? A little bit of, little bit of flack. I haven't, but I know we have. Yeah, we. We. How could you know being ex cops? How could you have someone like that in there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll say it. It's it's because he he already. I've already talked to him about it. It's Mike Dowd. Yeah, we had a we we got a lot of shit for having Mike Dowd in there, but. It, we would be hypocritical in order to get people's stories out and not hear both sides. Yeah. It, it, listen, what he did, and he admits he's wrong. Yeah. We say it all the time. The first time we met him, he came right up to us. He said, how you doing? I'm Mike Down. I'm the dirtiest cop in New York City history. <laughs> he owned up to it. And he had a suffering story. You know, we've had true blue criminals, and we've sat in front of true blue criminals. And I'm way more mad at And I'm not mad at him, but I'm I'm way more disappointed, which is worse. It, at, Just like my father, I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed in, you. in you. I'm way more disappointed in Mike than a criminal, even though they may have done the same thing. Because a criminal, that's the game. Yeah, That's the game. You're on that side of the battlefield. I'm on this side of the battlefield. And hey, we retired, so let's meet in the middle. But you were on our side of the battlefield, and you turned. Yeah. So that that bothered me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was tough. I mean, that that's one of the ones, like I said before, was there one that, was there an episode that you were like, I can't believe we got to do this day. No, see, with that, it's with that one, no. But going up that day, I'm like, we really want to. Do we really want to talk to a dirty cop? How's this going to play out? Yeah, I mean, we talked. We talked. What about Dante Gordon? He went to jail. He was a cop. You know, but his was an unfortunate yeah, he set of circumstances. Out to me on, on WhatsApp yeah, he's in Panama day. right now. He's he's doing rescue dogs. Oh yeah, is he really? Yeah, he's over there with his mother. It might be. Oh, that's it might be. Yeah, his mother does live there. Yeah. We wish, we wish, always wish Dante all the best. Hey, I have nothing against Dante. You know, he's now on epi- getting, he's one of us. Getting back to episode nine, what is you know you're always looking to to see why things work so well, 
why did ours work so well? I mean, after the episode, yes, it was two friends sitting down talking. There was something that it was an unspoken thing. Like I said, dead air is the worst thing in the world. So having a partner who can pick up the slack when there's a little bit of dead air, so important. That's what I see. Yeah. I mean, during episode nine, it really wasn't that because I, I wasn't a partner. It was just me and you talking, you know, but since then we we've, we've come a long way where we could almost read each other, mm. you know, and you know that I'm the idiot that interjects the jokes at primarily the wrong times. <laughs> <laughs> boy scout <laughs> hashtag boy scout it's a clark the clark was gonna kill me. <laughs> but i could feel the tension in the room at times yeah was that the, your most embarrassing moment on the show so for those of you who don't know mike made an inappropriate comment about boy it scouts was really inappropriate it was, it was just a joke the, the timing might the timing was a little off the timing was a little off but um, no, no, you know it was bad. <laughs> it was just this week when Amanda, you go. To, there's a certain place in hell for those people. I go, yeah, Ireland. <laughs> I felt so bad. I'm like the Irish people are gonna, and I work in an Irish bar. It wasn't like she was an import. She's got to go back. Uh, <laughs> that for, one I, I felt bad about. <laughs> for me, probably one of the most embarrassing moments was Artie Dell. You know, <sighs> oh yeah. When I, when I, he, he gets raped as a young boy and he's on a bus and a guy hits on him. And I said, was it the jeans you were wearing or something <laughs> like that? And then I made the priest comment, which again, I, I did catch some flack for about the priest comment, but Hey, listen, they didn't touch me. So I'm, I'm still kind of hurt about that. <laughs> jealous. <laughs> I, I am. I'm a little jealous of it, but the, you, so you spoke, I know after you're after episode nine, you spoke to a lot of people. Oh yeah. You handed Absolutely. it out. What was their reaction? First and foremost, going off my family's reaction, mm. you know, cause I never detailed to my brother and my father what actually happened. Your brother, Frank actually reached out yeah. to me. He goes, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they knew what happened, but they didn't know the details and they didn't know the after effects of it. Mm. You know, the, the sleepless nights, um, you know, like I said, and, and I always said I was never suicidal, but there's plenty of nights I went to sleep saying, if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, it's probably not a bad thing. You know, they never knew that side of it because you put on that happy-go-lucky face and just keep going about your day, you know? And then when you're by yourself in those closed quarters and, you know, in that dark room and you're, you dig back down into your dark hole, it's a deep hole and it's hard to get out of. And, and the problem with being in that hole sometimes is, and you, you notice, sometimes you get comfortable in there. You know, it's like wallowing in your own misery. You know, you get so comfortable being in that deep, dark place that you don't, Maybe you don't want to get out of it. Like I said, the one time resisting success. Yeah. You know, you just, you don't want things to get better. You're so deep. You don't want things to get better. That's depression. Yeah. That's depression. You know, it's the, it's that thinking about the past constantly. Yeah. And once you're in there, man, is it hard? So somebody, somebody once described depression to me, like waiting in a babbling brook with a, with a heavy current and walking against the current chest high. And the water just keeps rising and rising. Well, meanwhile, you got people on the sides and the banks just saying, hey, just step out of the just water. Step out the, yeah. like, you know, that's easier said than done. So you get stuck in that fighting against the current constantly. But those people, I know, because I, getting back to the, to the, to the point, those people, there's, I used to send a podcast out to everybody, everybody I knew. Yeah. 
and people had gotten back to me and said, you know, you guys are, you guys are, are good together. Like it's, it's, um, you bounce off each other. It's, it was never a dull moment in there. And I got those comments. So they were, it was a big win. It yeah. was a big win. So you, because you never know what, what we're, what we're getting into. Right. You know, like I said, after we do an episode, I don't know how it went. I mean, there, there are times I'll call you on the way home and say, Kev, I think that went good. There's a couple episodes. There's a couple episodes where when they were done, I'm like, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. There was yours. It was the first one. Um, Artie Dell's. Artie Dell. Artie Dell's. Gene Halberger. Um, and I, I please, Derek Taylor. Derek Taylor. Um, Clark Fredericks. Amanda. Um, the, Pastor Ron Lewis. I walked out. Pastor Ron Lewis, I'm, and I, I talked to him outside for a minute. I'm like, yeah, that's, that was a good one. Well, I mean, even getting back to Dante, you know, Dante. what he went through, I mean, that was crazy. Dante's episode did really well, yeah. too. It did really well. And, you know, his family members from all over the globe reached out to me. <laughs> I know they did. <laughs> yeah, they reached out to me, and just, it, it was it was an interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes to the detriment. <laughs> um, now, it comes a point where I need a co-host. Like I know at this point, I know I need a co-host. I could do it alone and it would be okay, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as fun. It, it just, it, it would be hollow. Yeah. It's well, I mean, even after I came on as your co-host, after I had the neck surgery and I came down with pneumonia, I had the, um, you had the healing the, team in. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, 23rd hour angels. Right. That was better I, I because there was, in, yeah, there, there was four of them. There was there, there was three, three, of, three of, them. of them there and me, so yeah. it took up a lot of slack. Yeah. But one on one, and I did a couple of those one on ones. They're tough. Yeah, that that's the day I went to the hospital with pneumonia. I mean, again, it was on audio. Yeah. So if, uh, there was a couple that I did one on one. I did uh, Jay Aponte, who I bullied the shit out of in school, and I always felt bad for it. It was me and him one on one. See. W- I think it was a co-host. What episode was that, though? Because I, I was part of the podcast at that point, but I didn't make it up for that. No, for some you, reason. Was, I think that I want to say that was episode 13. That was a really important one to me. There were some times in there where, especially that episode, it was very pivotal. Like I could have used a co-host yeah. in there because it was very uncomfortable for me. I'm There's, sure it was. And this was a guy. I'm sure when that doorbell rang when he showed up, you were... You're very uncomfortable. I, I was, I, you know, I gave him a big hug and everything. But uh, when I, when this kid was 12 years old, I made his life hell. And when he left school and I couldn't find him for so many years, I had a, I had a real mental hard time with that. So sitting there across from him now, again, we were on audio. So I had the power of editing <laughs> where I took out a lot of dead yeah. space there because I was like, Oh shit. Like, what do I say now? Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I kicked you in the ass, walking down the hall. I, I, you know, I wish I was there that day. I would have said, Jay, I'm going to hold his hands behind his back. You punch him right in the face as hard as you can. Well, so <laughs> get it all out now. Jay in particular, and I, I, I tell him this to his face. I'm like, you motherfucker, man. You motherfucker. And I'll tell you why you're a motherfucker. He didn't give you satisfaction. No, because I wanted him to be mad at yeah, me. Exactly. Because so you would have been satisfied that. Right. And it, I remember the first conversation we had, uh, he's like, bro, I forgive you, man. We were kids. I was like, son of a, can't you just be mad at me or something? It's not going to be great content for the show for friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not, we're not. But it turns out he's a cop. Yeah, He's a cop and, and he's been to a couple events of ours and he's supported us along the way. He's still, you know, we're still, I still talk to him. He came to Hackensack Brewing Company. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. You got you to gotta reach out and let him know about uh, Grand Saloon. Oh yeah. I want him at Grand Saloon. Yeah. I want him and his family at Grand Saloon because I still haven't met his family yet. He's got two beautiful daughters and he's got a son. Uh, his, his wife. So, you know, I, I become friends, but the, the thing that pissed me off 
about that episode is I wasted 30 years. And that's, again, that's part of that suffering is I I wasted 30 plus years, 35 years of somebody who I could have been really good friends with. And it turns out I have a lot in common. We went out to dinner after the show and we sat there and we talked about old times and this person and this person and who gave him a hard time and who didn't give him a hard time. Um, And some of my high school friends listened to that and they knew how I treated him. I bet you when they were looking through that or I sent that out to them, they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. But, you know, that was one of my prouder moments on the show that I was able to overcome that because that was a big roadblock for me. All right. I was going to say, what's what's something that you miss about having my Saturdays free? (laughs) The studio in your basement. Yeah, uh, something you miss about having that studio, aside from not having to travel. Yeah, so yeah, the travel time was great. I enjoyed my prep for the show. My prep for the show was ver- was almost routine. I would go to the gym in the morning. We, we record usually around 12 o'clock. I would go to the gym in the morning. I would come home, have a cup of coffee, and then I'd go get breakfast. And sometimes you join me for breakfast. That's what I was going to say. That's what I miss probably the most about that, aside from Mandy, is... I mean, you used to go out, get breakfast, and we, sit around the table and bullshit. You're right, and you know, catch up on the week, and it would be a good idea. Hey, listen, I got this guy, I got this guy, and we just have a little production meeting. But it was that was that was our production meeting, sitting yeah. over at a bagel place over breakfast, and it was it was wonderful. It, it was. was wonderful, and we went downstairs, waited for the guests. Sometimes the guest was, you know, that's the one thing different about a studio here versus in my house. The guests are usually on time yeah. here, usually. And in the studio, because when it's in your house, like ah, he, it's his house. It's no you know, and it looks a little more professional when they're coming to a studio now, right? You know, hey, hey, we're doing a podcast, you know. Well, they understand we a real big podcast. You know, we're we're doing well now. You know, we got, you know, we're getting twenty five thousand listeners a week. Come to my basement and do it, <laughs> right? It's and they're they're not going to respect it as much because like ah, oh, it's your studio. You're not paying for studio time, so you know, I, I'm it's okay if I'm late. Yeah. I mean, we have one of our guests, and it's a very good friend of ours who woke up. The time we were so we were supposed oh, to record, and yeah. you know exactly who yeah, that I is. Know where you going? I go, son of a gun. Yeah, but you know that's the stuff that you know. This unfortunate, I lo- I still love it, but there are some unfortunate things in this business. Yeah, listen, everything isn't going to be peaches and cream. No, sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know what else I miss too? Your Rocky poster. We got to get, get that for up here. We can get that in here. I have flags. You know, if you want to, if you just go through my old social media posts, you'll see pictures of the old studio. I had flags up, and oh, Mike busting my balls about it. So I put these flags up. I'm so proud. <laughs> you were so proud of it. I was just going to get that. I had cur- I had black curtains up. This is this <laughs> studio was not that far uh, removed from what my studio looked like in, in my house. But I had these black curtains with flags hanging down, podcast flags. I had the big banner up against the wall, and it looked good. It looked real good. And yeah. the, the shitty thing is, is these lights you see on the ground, they were like yeah. the last piece of the puzzle that I always wanted to get. I finally get them, and we move. Yeah. And we move. So we brought them over here to the studio. But but you hung all the flags. I hung all the flags backwards. <laughs> and took a picture of it. Yeah. And said, hey, look, you know, look how proud I am. I'm just, <laughs> oh, they're backwards, dickhead. I said, looks real good, but they're backwards. It's field front. You just text me back like, motherfucker. I was like, motherfucker. I had to fucking take them off and put them all back on. It was just a pain in the ass. You so hey, The funny thing is, too, you said, the thing I was most pissed off about was, he goes, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was right. You, you were 100% right. Because I just took, I took them out of the package, hung them up. That's all I did. 
Um, but we also had, in some of our earliest sponsors, I think we should throw a shout out to some of our earliest sponsors. Caffeine has been with us from Caffeine the very been beginning. Caffeine has been with us from the beginning. Um, Cy Cigars. Cy Cigars, the, the muffin. Oh, performance, performance muffins. Angela. That's another funny story. <laughs> oh, oh, who had the performance muffin? On, uh, was it Adam, Bert? The thing, the, so performance muffins are wonderful. Yeah. You know, they're they're gluten free and they're um, they're they're very very tasty. But you got to you got to heat them up in a microwave. Heat them up, yeah. You got to heat them up in a microwave. That's the trick to them. And Adam took one, yeah. And he's eating. He goes, bro, I couldn't chew. I couldn't. My mouth just dried up. But if you remember, after one of the shows, we're in your kitchen. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, 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 We're yeah. talking to your wife, and she's like, "I got these performance muffins. You want one?" And I was starving. I don't think we ate that morning. So I was starving. So I'm eating a muffin on the way home. And of course it wasn't heated up. So I'm eating it on the way home. And I call you, I said, Kev, I got to tell you something. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, what? I said, your wife's muffin tastes great. <laughs> you go, Jesus Christ. I thought you were quitting a podcast. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> but so, see, that, that's, that's the, the, the friendship that we have is we can yeah. say shit like that to each other. Yeah. It's, it, it gets a little dark sometimes. <laughs> It's a little dark, but your first episode as a co-host was Tommy Wall. Tommy Wall, the suffering of a landscaper, land, small business, small business owner. And how did that feel? How long did it take yeah. you to get your bearings? You know, and, and we tell everybody, you forget after a little while that the mics are even in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I caught myself, and when you brought me in to interview me, it was different. But the first time that I was sitting there and actually like had had to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we always have the question list, but we don't go off of that list. Not all the time. So it, it that I felt a little pressure to like interject a question somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, to be part of it and to try to, you know. It has to be dynamic. L- it like, has yeah, to be. Like with us too, but, and we have to guide people, mm-hmm. you know, once you, and you, you do that great too. Once you see it going a different way, we have to interject something to bring it back on, on track. And that's the one I, I. That's when I realized during the, the small business episode of how we have to like wrangle these people, get them back on the course to where we're going. The hardest thing that I ever learned in podcasting was how to listen. It's easy to, hey, just a little, there's a, there's a list over here of stuff that we're going to talk about today. And, you know, not to be robotic. It's like, did anybody speak to you about the same way you feel about the connection? It's, you, you have to ask, ask it in a conversational way, but you also have to listen to what they're saying, and there something may jump out. But see that—that's the thing with having a co-host too, because I could tell, like, not when you're zoning out, but when you got something on your mind, like you—you you write down all the things, mm-hmm. you know. And when I see that pen go to the paper, I know that you're not totally focused on what someone's saying. Mm-hmm. So that's when I have to perk up, and generally, I'll ask the next question after that. It's because t- you're, like I said, you're not zoning out, but you're concentrating on writing something down for later in the show. Right, because so, so when we do the endings yeah. of, of the show, what we learned today, yeah, what did we learn today? That is done on the fly, yeah. and sometimes I get into the story and I forget. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, and and halfway through, I'm like, shit, I'm not writing anything down. Well, that's why I see when you start writing stuff. That's when I know, you know, to right. actually step up and and try to say something. But it becomes a talent, you know. It becomes a it comes a learned I, talent. I, I don't know if any if we could be considered talent at all. Well, the re, the it becomes ta- a behavior. <laughs> the the talent of it is is to know how to guide that conversation yeah. because many podcasters start their thing like, well, I'm a great conversationalist. Yeah, but it's try carrying on a conversation for an hour or two hours. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not interview and interrogation. No, it's it's difficult sometimes and make it entertaining. Yeah. I mean, exactly. at, the, at the end of the day, that's you want to entertain people. You want to wake them up, but you want to entertain them. Yeah. We're not doing it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday we are. Yeah. Uh, now, that first episode did it. Was it eye opening? Was it was it something that you you felt that okay, it's not beyond my realm, or it's something I can learn? It's definitely something I can learn. You yeah. know, I'm not I'm not afraid to to jump into anything. You know, and and like I said, you make it easy. You're 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 the interviewer. You know, you're the one, and you like it. And I'd say all the time, you do all the prep work, yeah, without a doubt. I'll hundred percent. Kevin does all the prep work for the show. He does, he does everything. I just show up, and it's you know, it's easy on me. And I'd like to do more, but you're control you know, freak. You're like the micromanager. You just I do micromanage. You have to do everything yourself. Well, you, so there, there's a, there's there's credence to that. There is credence to that. My whole life, I could never rely on anybody. Yeah. My whole life. That's the way I've had to live my life. If if I wanted something done, I had to do it myself. So it's a learned behavior for me. And, you know, throughout. And you, and you don't feel comfortable having someone do something. You know, like I said, in law, if, if there was a job to be done, I had to do it. If I give a job away, I, that means I don't care about the job. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the yeah. truth. And that's it, it. it's overwhelming to me sometimes. I'm sure it is. Like I had to take a day off work the other day because I was just so overwhelmed with so many different things going on in my life that I just had to sit and just be quiet. It, it, it's a rarity because I go seven days a week. Yeah. And um, but then then it comes time to record. And I just I, I can relax when I'm in here. Leading up to it, getting here, getting the Instagram lives going and and making sure everything's done. My fun time is when I get to sit down. But, and that's another thing, too, is the Instagram Live is primarily new to us. Yeah. We never did anything like that when we were in your studio. I've learned a lot along the way. So with with this show and being on the shows that we, we've done, every every studio I've gone in, I've looked around. And I've looked at the way they do things and how they post their social media. And, and some people have taught me along the way. Uh, your brother Frank, he's real big into Instagram Live. He'd been pushing me to do yeah. Instagram Lives for a long time. I'm like, I really don't want to. <laughs> for what? <laughs> I really don't want to. But there is value to it. Oh yeah, without doubt. There is. We, hey, listen, we we only do it for a couple minutes, but that's fun. Yeah, it is. You know, reading the comments on there. You know, we have a lot of friends that chime in, and mm -hmm. you know, I, I really wish we could have like a call in show here. Well, those I think that would be fun. Those Instagram Lives, out of any social media post that we do, they get the most views. Yeah. So people. I guess that's that's content that they want to see. I mean, that's telling. We, you got to look at the analytics. And you know, it's funny too because there's a lot of inside jokes that come up on there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you know, Tommy saying like Frank's hot corner. Frank's hot corner is when we go to lunch. We sit in the corner, of the, corner of the counter, and the counter guy's name is Frank, so we call it Frank's hot corner. There's really like, nothing to it. But. Sounds like a sexual act. <laughs> I'm going to give Mike a Frank's hot corner this week. Well, hot corner is third base. Okay. So we, you know, we just call it the, the hot corner. So that's what that whole, but anyway, let, let's get back to other studios we've been in. Oh, geez. So Matt, Matt Cox. So Matt Cox, that was in his house and you shit, <laughs> you shit in his house. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know who Matt Cox is, Matt Cox did 12 years in prison. He was no, at one time, number one, most wanted on the FBI's, FBI, yeah, FBI's for mortgage list fraud. for mortgage fraud. He frauded they, the mortgage companies out of $50 million. They don't know like how much. Yeah. They don't know how much. And he does, uh, 
he does Matt Cox podcast down in Florida and we went down there. We're in his house. I remember walking. Here's a funny story. I remember going into his bathroom and he had toilet paper up on a shelf. I hit you knocked it in the toilet. <laughs> I hit it and it went. Sorry, Matt, if you're listening to this. Uh, Kevin's the one who knocked it. I know I did. The toilet paper went right in the, it went right in there. I pulled it out. I pull it out. Thank God there was nothing that. in there. I remember that. That's I pull great. it out and I throw it right in the garbage. <laughs> And then we went to um, Josh from DOC TV. Yeah. And then uh, we did Tommy. And then we MSCS. went across state. MSCS. Then we, we did. No, no, we did. We did the John Elite. Elite and, the Elite and show. Dowd in the In Tommy's studio. Yeah. And then we did then MSCS. We did Tommy. Then we did uh, Lynn and Will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lynn and a, Will, the live one. Yeah. It was the, the only nice day we had in Florida that day, too, that we morning. Were, we were pretty much shot by yeah. then. The, we hadn't slept the night before. That was That was the day we traveled cross country. The day after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we're supposed to do one more down there, but, you know, it's it's podcasters, some of them aren't the most upstanding individuals yeah, in the, the world. The DOC TV, I mean, that, that, that was individual for both of us. Yeah. I thought he was going to call it, you know, bring us both in, but. Well, that's kind of the reason we went down there together. And mine never aired. Yeah. <laughs> it's poor Mike. Poor. Yeah, thanks, so we, thanks, Josh. Yeah, so we, we go in there one at a time, and apparently Josh was having some marital problems. Allegedly. Yeah. And mine aired and my and the second part was gonna air and it just never aired. There's 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 footage of you and there's some footage of me because I've done shows I've done shows like Zoom shows that have never aired. I don't know where they where they go. I shit in that house too. <laughs> Mike shit in every place we went in, in Florida. In Florida. Every single house. It was like he had something wrong with him. We stopped at a Wawa and I got something I ran in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. oh, God. I mean, we ate good down there. Too. We, yeah, we, we had we a great time a with Chantel. That was a great time down oh, there. My God. And that, that's another one we didn't bring in. You know, we talked about old sponsors, Belladama Cigars. Belladama Cigars. I mean, she was, and that was, that was out of the blue. That came on, an, what was it, like an Instagram Live with my brother. Yeah, she, we just connected through Instagram yeah. Live. Right? And then that's when she told us, she said, you were outside we, of a bar. We never, yeah. we never met her before. No, she picked us up at the airport. And and she said to us that day, she said, I really like what you guys are doing. I'm going to give you 10% of my proceeds. So we just started plugging the hell just out Just like that. Yeah. I mean, that that's the type of people and the, and the friends that we've made. I mean, Chantel, she opened her house to us. Right. You know, and then she got us the Airbnb over in, where, in West Palm. West Palm. Which, mind you, not all of West Palm is nice. Yeah. We were right in the outskirts of not nice. <laughs> yeah. So we were in the not nice area. <laughs> exactly. And we, Mike, so Mike and I, the we step out, we, we get in real late. We don't, there's nobody on the street when we get in. We get in super late and we wake up in the morning and I'm calling, I'm calling my, my wife. He's calling, Mac, I guess you were calling Mackie. And we both come in together. I'm like. I don't think this is a nice area. But and listen, and, and nobody bothered us. No, no, not at all. Nobody bothered us. Um, it, people, just, it was it was run down. When you think of West Palm, you think of these beautiful houses, all that stuff. You know, but the people were nice. So, listen, but when we did go over to, to Tommy's studio, oh, that's the the ultra rich section yeah. and it, the place we went out to dinner that night. Oh, right on the ocean. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful. But I've been in uh, Trend of Fire with Julian Dory. That's in South Jersey. I've been in Soft White Underbelly, which they filmed. So originally, Soft White Underbelly invited me to come out to L.A. And Charlie Cifarelli, Mike Dowd, and John Elite, they all did Soft White Underbelly in L.A. And they had told me. 
they film right on Skid Row. Yeah. And the doors here and Skid Row is right there. You have um, addicts walking in hear, and out. I hear a lot of LA Skid Row now too. Yeah. Well, this this is like traditional Skid Row. So this is the worst yeah. of the worst. And I didn't want to I didn't want to go out to LA. And listen, he offered to fly me out. Okay, but I didn't want to go out to LA. So he says, you know what? I'm coming to New York. And I went in, I I filmed that in New York. Um I recently did one with Sean Atwood. For, that was a Zoom one, though. The, I, I, the Cozo show, too. I did Joe Cozo. That was the first show I went on. Yeah. That was the first show. And I'm, I'm thankful that Joe put me on. That's that's all I'll say about that. Just thankful. Um, so there's I, every studio I steal from. Like, I, I, I don't ste- physically steal. <laughs> I don't physically take steal. Take a microphone from this one. Right. A- it's a souvenir. But I'm looking at the way they're doing things. I'm looking at the where the cameras are set up, how the lighting is, how the questions are presented. What do they use? Do they use do they use outlines like we use? Most people use uh, the iPad, yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of. I still like pen. I put pen to paper. Even when I do the shows, even when I do the outlines, it's always pen to paper because yeah. there's a connection there to me. I think one of the nicest studios we're in, the nicest setup was probably Tommy's. Tommy's was really nice. He had top-notch I mean, everything. Matt Cox was nice. It was in his house, though. You know, Tommy had the nice setup in the studio. It was a big studio. Mm. That, that was a that was a fun one. The nicest, well, every so, Soft White Underbelly, which is a very very large show. You're, <laughs> I was in a hotel room, and there's just curtains behind you. Yeah, you're in a hotel room. The cameras he were he was using. I know those lenses probably cost about ten grand. <laughs> I know because he's a photographer. Um. Even uh, Trendifier. Trendifier had a, it was in his house, but it was a nice setup. It was a little, it was a little warm in there. I wore like a nice shirt and I had pit stains and stuff. It was disgusting. Um, but everybody does a little bit different. Everybody asks questions a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some people who just, they kind of know where they're going. They don't sort of put an outline together. I don't think I could work like that. I know that's that. Well, no, Tommy. Tommy had a, did his research. I know Tommy. Oh, did Tommy. His Tommy did his research because yeah. he he was like, you know, I see here you were an investigator. You know, what was that like? I mean, he really looked us up. Right. I mean, so, he went on my LinkedIn and all. Not that I put anything on LinkedIn, but you know. And those shows seem to do better. Yeah. The ones with some structure. Now Matt, on the other hand, is sort of Matt was fly by the seat of your pants, yeah. and it was good though. Yeah, it was good. It, it, we had a lot of fun, but my only thing with Tommy's was long. Tommy's was three hours. We did like three hours in there. I remember walking out of that studio going, oh. And we went to dinner that night. That's mm-hmm. that's the place we went to dinner on the beach. Yeah. The other place we went, well, we went to the cigar place. Yeah. We went to dinner that night. There was like the five of us. It was me, you. Oh, Al, yeah. There was a combined Elite, 50 Cox. years in prison in <laughs> and that two, room. And two ex-cops. Right. And two guys. By the way, I've heard things about, I've never worked with you. You never took a nickel from what I understand. I I was like I was afraid to pick a quarter up off the ground. And we're sitting in the room. But that's that's the cool thing about podcasting, just to bring it all around. That's the cool thing about what we do. We can bring those people in here and meet somewhere in the middle, being retired. <laughs> One story about that. We went out to dinner. Remember we were with the Ben Sachs kid? Yep. Yeah, we went out to there was like fifteen of us at a table eating dinner. And Elite and Dowd are like, yeah. Got it. Don't worry about it. Oh, they walked out. I go to the bathroom. Everybody's sitting outside. I go to the bathroom to walk out. The waitress stops me and says, uh, sir, you guys didn't pay your tab? <laughs> what? That was a taco place or something like that. 
Yeah, I forget the name. It's it was in Del Rey. Yeah, it yeah. was in Del Rey. So um, that's when Chantel got a ride over there in that Ferrari. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Chantel is like our little sister. All right, so, so we protect her like she is our sister. And she, while we were up in recording, in recording with, she, with Tommy, she was on Tinder or whatever the heck dating app there, sitting, sitting in a bar on sitting, Tinder. Yeah. A match or something. And yeah. some guy comes over and he looks like the biggest sleazeball yeah. in the world. Driving a Ferrari. And so we walk up, you and I walk up and we sort of just give the guy a look. And I remember shaking the guy's hand. He puts out his hand. He was like one of these, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Shakes her hand. I grip his hand. I give him like the the, the death don't, grip. Don't fuck with me grip. And I, and I just look at Chantel. You okay? And we waited outside for her. Yeah. But, you know, that that's. But you meet all these different people throughout this this journey of, of podcasting. And, and it all started with episode nine. I mean, we're 90 episodes removed from that. It's amazing, isn't it? And we have a couple in the bank beyond here. Yeah. I mean, by the time season two ends, we're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 110. <laughs> season two is going to close in December, somewhere in that neighborhood. And we have some good shows coming up. We got some great shows coming up. So that's the difference now. Yeah. The difference now was where we, we would have to go look for people. Now people are contacting us. People are contacting us. We and you, you know this. what's great, too? Former guests are getting people for us. Before we leave, what if there was one guest... That hasn't come back in in any way, shape, or form that you wanted to get back in. Who do you think it would be? You know, I, I'd like to get a couple. I, I'd like to talk to the guests to find out how we help them. Mm. You know, I mean, we've had Gene back, but we had Gene with John. With, yeah. with John. Yeah. So we, we got to follow up with Gene. And that's a four hour ride. So it's hard to ask Gene to do that stuff. Billy Bart. Billy Bart would be good. You know, I haven't reached out to Billy yeah, Bart. Neither have I. I'd love to see how he's doing. Yeah. For me, it's Jay. Jay Aponte. Yeah. I want to get him back. Let's get him back. Get him back in here because there's some time that's been removed from that initial awkward first re-meet. And I'd like to find out a little bit more about him. Maybe really get into it. Is there a guest that you would want to get in here? And I'm not talking a name. Like, I'm talking about somebody who you, Mike Felice, would want to get in here to talk to. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) God, why? Oh, my. God, no. Someone I'd like to get in here. I don't know. We've had we've had a how about Daryl Strawberry? Daryl Strawberry would be a really, really right? good one. Daryl Strawberry or Dwight Gooden. Mm. No, these are guys who've been through hell and back. Yeah. You know, and, and that's I mean Daryl Strawberry's got a suffering story and look at him now. You know, he's he's a ultra religious, you know. I think I'd like to talk to Donnie, uh, Joe Pistone, Donnie Joe Brasco, Pistone. Donnie Brasco, just to hear his, and he's told his story so many times. It's not that it's uh, the angle that I would like to talk to him is when you laid your head, when you were under and you laid your head on the pillow every night, yeah. not knowing if tomorrow was your day, how did you go to sleep? Yeah. And uh, that, that's, that's the question that I would like to ask him. You know who else we got to get back on or, or get back to not back on. We ha- we were this close to getting them, Jerry Spezia. Yeah, I'd love to talk to Jerry. You know, and and Jerry, he's he, he was so a friend busy. of the show for a while. I mean, we were texting back and forth all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't reach I out to him. I want to come on. I want to come on, and he just never did. You know, so we got all this different stuff c- coming on, moving on in the future, moving onward and upward. And 
you know, let's let's get down to the to the the, bra- the the grassroots of what this is. This podcast and listening to all this suffering and the suffering of episode nine, how it all started. What do you think this journey has taught you? You know, you never know how bad someone has it. You know, it, there's a saying, it says something like, uh, you don't know what someone's going through. So like, be nice every day. You know, you see someone and they're, they're happy, go lucky, and you don't know what their real story is. Mm. You know, Tara Madelone for one. Mm. No, no. Unfortunately, I see Tara almost every day now, but I never knew all the suffering that she went through. And she's got such a great outlook and a great attitude on everything. I mean, you never know what someone's going through or what they went through. Here's what I've learned. If when you were in your darkest times, this when I was in my darkest times, it would have been real easy just to give up and to quit. Early on in this show, there had been times when I get a little downtrodden, maybe an episode doesn't do very well, it bruises your ego a little bit, and it would have been very easy to say, you know what? Fuck it. Well, I'm done. I'm done. But we never quit. No. We never once quit. We never gave up. We always kept pushing forward. Because we got the same attitude. We're not quitters. We're going to take something on. We take the bull by the horns and let's go. And I I would love to do this show for as long as people want to listen or willing to listen. You know, until somebody kicks us off the air, I'm willing to go. Well, you do have that picture of us with the beards and everything, so we could use it. <laughs> the Depama <laughs> app? <laughs> the Depama app. Uh, who, listen, you know, Mike Mike is, I love Mike to death. He's, yeah. he's, he's one of us now. I oh, mean, yeah, without a doubt. He's the unofficial third co-host. And listen, he, he was instrumental in getting Dented Development started. Yeah. And that's yeah. another thing that came out of this show. Yeah. Our you know, Dented Development Project. Yeah. You know, we've done a, we haven't done that much with it lately. But we're still, you know, we've given out. It's there and it's in place yeah. for those in need. Yeah, exactly. And we've made all these different connections. Yeah. You know, yeah. one one of the most beneficial connections recently is Irish Angel. Yeah. And yeah. you want to talk about how to run a nonprofit? That's where I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching how they do it because they got it. Without a doubt. And they got a lot of people. Yeah. Mike. Kev, I, I just want to, it is a pleasure coming up here. I think you're doing a great job with this. I think I can't do you it know, without you, bro. You really are. You're doing a great job. Like I said, you are the pioneer of this. You're, you're the brains behind this operation. I'm just the, the pretty or ugly face, whichever way you want to say it. <laughs> but it, it, it's a pleasure coming up here all the time. Uh, we hooked up with Andrew with A&J Media, and yeah. Andrew's the best. He really is. He does so much for us. Um, He's always willing to, to go the extra mile. Him and Katia, his wife. I mean, they treat us, they took us in, they treat us like family. And as long, again, as long as they'll have us. We're here. Yeah. Because my goal with A&J Media, and I'm going to throw this out to Andrew right now, is one room is going to be strictly ours. Our room. Our room. That's ours. So when people come in, they see it, they could say, that's a suffering podcast. Yeah, we don't go there. We (laughs) don't go there. Like with WFA and the Mike Francesco studio. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) ours. The the Siegfried and Roy Theater. (laughs) (laughs) but before we go i did give a window into our first picture together as podcasters and it's you and i standing together for episode nine and i think that's a good place to leave it i remember exactly what i was wearing yes you had the hat on backwards and i had my 
Was it uh, Notre Dame, was it? Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame, yeah. Played like a champion today. And I had a black shirt on, and unfortunately, I didn't wear any podcast gear that day. That was like one of the, the few times I didn't. We didn't have podcast gear back then. I think I had like a printed sweatshirt that I made, I got offline or, so, or got online or something. Now we have t-shirts. Now we have hooded sweatshirts, regular mm-hmm. sweatshirts. Just go on to sufferingpodcast.com. You can find all that stuff. Yeah, we should buy some of our merchandise, please. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast. 9D9. The suffering of 9D9. Crazy. And let's think about all the stuff that we learned. Mike, I'm going to let you go first on this one. You know what? Just keep pushing along. You know, there, like you said, there's times we want to quit. There's times you want to quit in anything. There's times we want to quit in a podcast. But it to me, it's just the, the positive feedback that we're getting. You know, I feel like we owe it to people now. You know, because it's helping people, you know, and, and that's what I say. I, I honestly believe that we owe it to our listeners to, to keep pushing forward and moving on. I think what I've learned is anything in the world is possible. When I was a little kid, I never thought I was going to do my own show or anything like that. You, you know, you, you talk into the shampoo bottle in the shower or something like that. You try to be a broadcaster for sports radio, but I never thought I was going to do my own show, but through perseverance, through hard work, through never quitting and through constant self-education and just moving forward and overcoming those obstacles, overcoming the suffering, you can pretty much do anything. Well, you know, and the other thing is you learn from the ups and the downs. Yes. And onward and upward. Yep. So we'll see you for another special episode on episode 999. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be in wheelchairs. <laughs> Andrew will have to get him a studio on the first floor. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast, the Suffering of 9D9. That's episode 99. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. Follow Mike at Mike underscore Felice. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson. And as always, follow the Suffering Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode of the Suffering Podcast. <laughs>